Hello, I am Amber. I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with us. Oh my goodness, guys. Yes, so you heard it here. Um, This is a special episode of Come Interview With Us. We have Bobby Gowan Collins on, and he is going to be our co-host and also our interview guest. So let me tell you about a little bit about him. He lives in Scranton with his husband, Ricky, and they have um, two rescue German shepherds. They're very big. He also has pigeons. We can ask more about the pigeon thing. Um, yeah, I have questions. When, when we get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bobby works in sales and he truly believes that this was his calling and what he was meant to do. Um, he enjoys establishing relationships with his customers, helping solve problems, and in loves to talk politics, fashion, of course, and to debate anybody. Um, so welcome, Bobby. Thank you. I am literally so excited to be joining you two. Um, I've known Amber for a little bit. and This is the first time I'm getting to meet Chelsea, but I feel like I already know Chelsea, so I'm really excited to dive right in with you two. Yes. Bobby, the feeling is mutual. I feel like I know you too, because I have been here from start to finish. And Amber's a huge fan, so I feel like the yeah, feeling yeah. is mutual. Oh, Definitely. I'm super excited. <laughs> so, Chels, how Girl. was your week? Any updates for us? Okay, one little update. So I do think that Maddie is consistently breaking dress code and hiding <laughs> the notes that are being sent <laughs> home. Oh Girl, she got this package of neon tights. And the colors are khaki and white and hunter green. And she is just rocking these neon pinks, these neon purples, neon greens. And apparently notes were coming home in the folders that Ooh. I never got. <laughs> well, what was she doing with them? Well, that she claims she doesn't know. So we're waiting for the truth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just a typical day being a mom, you know. And, like, I can't even, even be mad at her for it. Like, I remember the prison of the uniform. So I'm like, Not I don't know. Really look, girl. You I don't know, know if I'm mad or impressed. I was in trouble all the time for uniform uniform violations. Girl, for Regularly. You, your, your plain black shoes always had to have a white line. And your socks always had to have a ruffle. And your scrunchies always had to be non-uniform. So that's that's um. a fact. I but, had neon socks, too. I had, like, a whole little set of, like, these neon, like, orange, pink socks that I would wear. And I would get in trouble for those. <laughs> but you know what? Worth it. No regrets. Does she wear a uniform? Or she wears a uniform, and then she got these white combat boots where you can't really tell her one thing. And then she has these neon tights where she's, like, wearing them with such conviction that I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I personally wouldn't wear neon pink with Hunter Green, but, like, who am I? Right, right. Jacqueline wears a uniform too, and she kind of wears like whatever type she wants to. So I'm like blending a little bit. She can't be can't be told. But other than that, you know, just the usual. What's up with you guys? (laughs) Um, I had a busy week. I have midterms this week. Mm. This week now. Um, yeah. So that's terrible. Everything. (laughs) I'm so tired, and I feel like I have so much stuff to do. But then next week is spring break. Period. So I have a break and stuff like that and everything. I'm going to go see my great aunt in Pittsburgh this weekend. So she just turned 99. Ooh. I know. So I'm going to go see her and, um, you know, Jacqueline's coming somewhere. I have a little road trip with grandma. So that's going to be fun. And, you that know, she loves a hotel. 
loves a hotel. Loves a hotel. <laughs> loves a hotel. Um, I was supposed to go to like this um like women's luncheon on Friday, but I was just so tired and burnt out that I was literally just like, I'm not going. Well, I know you had to be really burnt out because I know you love a luncheon. I do, and I paid for it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm extra mad. But I did go read to Jacqueline School for Read Across America Week, so that was really cute and nice, and the kids were so cute. Oh, my gosh. That is so – I know. Read Across America. It's such a time to be alive in these elementary schools. I think that mm. that's great that you read to them. It was, I mean, it was cool. I felt like – you know how you're reading in front of people, and then you're like, oh, my God, I actually can't read. Like, <laughs> like am i stutter did i did i focus right. did i say the word and i'm trying like, to like hold the book out so like they can see the pictures and stuff and i was just like i don't and don't meanwhile it's like one fish two fish <laughs> okay but do you know how long those books are oh, the dr all. seuss one they're worried they are worried he had a lot of nerve he really did and i just i really do feel like there were so many stories that could have just ended so many pages prior and he just really kept it going he was yeah. like, wait, a couple more pages. Wait, one more time. Yeah. Yeah, they're long. <laughs> I have, have you ever skipped pages when you're reading? 100%. Yeah. Girl, I can start at the last chapter. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are going to expedite right this end. reading. Yes, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> okay, guys. So last week, it was Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And it's from the end of February until March 5th. So I didn't even know that this was actually kind of a thing. Um, but the numbers of eating disorder global statistics have gone up from 3.4 to 7.8. And this include all facets of like eating disorders. Um, so eating disorders affect people of all ages, gender, race, ethnicity, socioeconomic groups. Eating disorders have the second highest mortality rate of any mental illness. Um, someone dies as a de- direct result of an eating disorder every 52 minutes. There is little U.S. funding for research on eating disorders. Isn't that crazy? That's, like, not good. Yeah. That's, I did not know, I know that that was the second um, highest mortality. I know that it is something that's hard to treat. I sent Chelsea this um, thing today that we saw on Instagram, and basically it said that there are, from doctors have said, I didn't even know black people could have anorexia. So like, this is what we're dealing with people. Um, One of the main reasons why is simply just because discrimination, racism, um, this is the same reasons that contribute to the black maternal death rate Mm -hmm. and the misconception about black women that they have a greater pain threshold. So there's no real like cultural competent way of screening black people or LGBTQ to flag them for eating disorders. So the typical test that they use might not flag an issue just due to like the differences in culture and different things. And like people will have different symptoms. So it's going to show in a different way, maybe in some black people than it would in like white people and stuff. So that was, I found really interesting too. Um, okay, but wait a minute. Okay, yeah. pause. Because <laughs> it it's showing up in a different way, people, than it would in white people. Okay, I can I can hear that. Like the markers being different, cultural being different. Right, right. But, but it is a far leap across the Atlantic Ocean to be like, <laughs> quote, I didn't know black people could even have anorexia, end quote. 
Like, right. probably get your license relooked at and, like, <laughs> quit being a doctor. Girl, the, the statistic for doctors for, like, stuff that they believe is honestly crazy. Um, like, over half believed that Black people had thicker skulls. Like, actual, like, my thoughts get thicker. Or had thicker skin. Um, felt pain different you know, higher pain threshold and stuff. So it it's really out here and it really does affect people. Um, and that that's just one, you know, that's just one thing. And like, I just learned this. And it's just one more on top of a lot of different, especially in the medical field and things, disparities that people, people have. And obviously eating disorders are on the rise. And I think it's something that's not talked about in like adults, you know, especially um, women of a certain age. um but i think that it definitely is like middle-aged women have a high rate of having eating disorders and stuff because you know you're you're trying to check all the boxes be a good mom have a career be thin you know and do all these things and like it's just honestly it's not possible but um i think that middle-aged women need to also be be flagged and you know ask questions yeah Yeah. because it's It's, not just something that like teenagers have yeah it's just a really it's so interesting right because when you think of eating disorders you think of you know for me personally i think of social media right so everyone like on tiktok now is this body glamour uh filter oh yeah i saw that First of all, I'm obsessed with it. However, <laughs> no, literally obsessed. Like, I literally just want to walk around with that filter in real life. Yes. And that's also the problem, right? So you're living up to these false expectations or nonsensical reality of being like an Instagram model or TikTok famous. And it just creates these unhealthy habits and lifestyle. And now, in conjunction with, it seems like everyone is getting Ozempic. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And like, and that is, first of all, a diabetes drug. So like they're (laughs) driving the price up, like we already have an issue with it. And all of these people are using it to lose weight. And it's insane and crazy. So, oh, no, I was gonna say, I actually know multiple people who are on this drug. And they're actually pushing to make this drug a weight loss drug in the next year because they're realizing how much money they can make from it. So if anyone thinks it's expensive now, wait till about a year, it's maybe just a year and a half. Right. Oh, it's, insane. it's literally like $800 because you have to pay out of pocket because you better believe I looked into it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> let, me just, let, let me just Google this real quick. Yeah, girl, I was like, how am I, I going to get a script? Girl, I was looking at that uh, buckle fat removal <laughs> and I was like, I might need that. No, but in all seriousness, going back to the eating disorders and like the whole just pure ignorance of doctors, right? What I, when we take a step back, what I question, is it the doctor or is it the medical institutions and schools that are teaching these doctors? Yeah, it's the schools and the institutions, definitely. Yeah, and it's like, how do we develop? Yeah, how how do we move on from this? Like, it's literally 2023. Okay, well, you have to have twenty-three. <laughs> right, you have to have diversity in the people who are writing the medical school textbooks, because if you don't, then you don't have anybody to kind of counteract these thoughts and stereotypes that people have. You know, um, the same goes with like the pictures of babies in in vitro showing black ones. You know, if you had people involved in every step of the process who were 
of different races, then you would have different input. And then I think you would have people saying things like, hey, you know, we need to flag people differently for eating disorders or for whatever, because we're not catching them. They're falling through the cracks. So we need to do something different. Okay, guys, this is so it's kind of related, kind of a little bit separate. But if you had to put the people who you know or knew personally who have struggled with an eating disorder of some sort or disordered eating to some extent into a um, percentage, what would the percentage of people that you know who have struggled with this be? I'm just curious. So for me, honestly, I don't know anyone personally that has struggled with an eating disorder, at least openly or admittedly. Um, I know quite a bit, actually. I know. I'm like, it's got to be at least 35, 40%. Yeah. I know quite a few women who have dealt with binge eating, anorexia, bulimia, um, you know, all sorts of different aspects of disordered eatings and things like that. And they're all, and they all look completely different, you know? Um, and one thing I did learn about eating disorders is people will do it to kind of maintain their weight. Because a lot of times when you think of somebody being anorexic, you think of them being really skinny already, you know, or mm-hmm. believe they're already really skinny, but people do it to maintain the weight that they're at. Oh um, yeah. Well, so- And that just, I mean, that right there, like, I was curious just because I know that it is, like, we just learned that tonight, that it's the second highest death rate or mortality cause, right? So then then you add on to the fact of the idea or the mentality that I didn't quote, quote, not me personally, but doctors with actual degrees said I didn't know that black people could even get anorexia. So I'm thinking of all the people I know who have struggled with this. And now I'm like, oh, no, that's a high percentage. So now I'm thinking, how many people do I know who might have struggled with this? And I never would have like, quote unquote, no. seen the signs right. or whatever, right. because it does show up different in people, in black people, like the, yeah. the quote unquote markers or whatever. It's This is a wild and it really is crazy. I personally struggled a little bit with this when I was young. And this is way before social media. I was actually thinking about this when um, today, Amber, when we were talking earlier. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, what what was it? What was it that made me like brought me to that point? Because it was. Um, I think. Media. Remember when you broke your wrist? Yes, that was definitely. <laughs> so was that good. part of it? Was that part of it? Well, I mean, I feel like. <laughs> I'm trying to find out how she got, like, from this. In in my defense, I feel like anyone who would have was running and fell in the dark at full speed and tripped over a log might have, like, broken a bone. But I did break my bone that way. But in all seriousness, though, I'm like, it wasn't the, because the, right now I think it's easy to point out that social media has such, like you were saying, Bobby, has such right. an influence and such a grip and a chokehold on us. But I think even back in the day, it was still some sort of societal pressure that I felt because my friends, my friends were very confident in their bodies. They were living their best life. It was like a me thing. You know what I mean? And I think it was because of what I was receiving from society, what I was seeing as popular and my body type was not it. Like that is not what they were showing on magazines anywhere close to it. That's also not like they were showing it on double XL and King magazine. Chelsea. What's double? What is double XL and King magazine? (laughs) 
Oh, my God. Remember those back in the day? Chelsea, that, your body type was all over that magazine. Okay, yeah. girl. Okay, well, I never saw it, but... It, well, probably because it was, like, black people, but it, it was, was, like... It was, like... It was all like my friends were black people, people, so now I feel portrayed. <laughs> it was, like, thick thighs, big booties, yes, you know, we got no. a little... Thick thighs, thick thighs. we never hurt nobody. Period. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it does. I think that there is, and I'm not saying that it's always society's fault, but I think that it really is a strong thing that does affect a lot of people. Amber, like you were saying, you people that you wouldn't even think because they're not like what we see on TV, like a bone thin skeletal right. figure, but people still starving the crap out of themselves and dealing with the mental disorder and anxiety that comes with disorder eating and them thinking that that's the only way to to really abuse their body to maintain or to achieve something and it does it is it's it's wild out here so listen well and i think our generation too they they call them almond moms like if you had an almond mom who is like really healthy never really ate anything like um always told you to watch what you're eating watch your calories and that is the moms we grew up with you know but you have to remember so if we take this now to a fashion side right in the early 90s remember heroin chic oh yes like they literally literally ate like tic tacs if if that right and drank broth that was emphasized right that was like the supreme beauty of the day and like growing up we didn't have plus size women on tv right we're not that far out from when women (laughs) had to literally be a certain height and weight to be flight attendants right oh yeah so well i think women and men because, like, on the CW, when I was a teenager, everybody had a six-pack. Every teenager oh, had a six-pack. Yes. Yes. And so, every girl was, like, a size two. And a shout two out to the CW. Till the I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't even work at Abercrombie and Fitch back in no. the Because you no. would be perfect, right? I did. I worked at, I was a bikini girl at Hollister. Uh, well, so. of course you are. Of course <laughs> you are. Not all of us can be bikini girls at yeah, Hollister. Girl, I was yeah. freezing, okay? I was out there freezing and, and getting sexually harassed. Uh, <laughs> my little oh my god how much money did i make my little like seven dollars <laughs> girl <ugh. laughs> they were really out there like uh abusing people sexually 100 like, percent and minimum wage <laughs> yeah <laughs> on top of it to add insult yeah. to injury oh my god right oh and they told me that my braids weren't professional or like first, you first know of all. this other girl has blue hair like literally there was some girl that worked there that had blue hair and they told me that my mm-hmm. braids weren't professional. I was like, I don't. It's like, just her hair is blue. so Chelsea. We're not that far out from that, right? That's like tw- less than t- 20, 25 years ago, right? So, right. Like, that's the generation we grew up in, and I, I think it like now that we're adult. Oh my gosh, adults! Mm. I still don't want to be an adult, but we're adults, <laughs> right? And parents and living life like you still have like those childhood traumas and stuff or the shoulda woulda couldas right Uh, Right. so i think it's like up to us to kind of beat these stigmas and treat our kids and instill in our kids that like all bodies are perfect right? right this whole model of being a stick figure is just it's not realistic and it's obviously unhealthy Right, and there's some people who just aren't going to be small. Like, there's no way that you can tell me a baby that comes out who is already thick, you know, thickums, 
Like that's their body type from the moment that they were born, and to and try to have a that chunky baby, right? <laughs> and to try to have them all of a sudden want to like try to slim that body down to a size two or something. Like it's just not realistic. It's just not you know, yeah, it's not not even possible. I don't think no for a lot of people to even get there. And this is why we have to, like, appreciate and give two snaps and a clap to, like, the Lizzo's of the world mm-hmm. and that are, like, really representing. And, like, Melissa McCarthy's are, like, we're here, we're thick, and we're not going anywhere, right? right. It, you need to take that negative energy and go elsewhere with it. Right. And people be ridiculous. so mad at Lizzo. Like, people be mad at her. So mad. Like, like it's, it's so deep. And I'm like, it's not. Just don't worry about her. Well, yes. she's, she's spreading... She's t- spreading obesity. Is she, or is she just a big girl and she's fat? And so whatever she does to you is, is spreading obesity. You know what I mean? Like, is or she out is, here is, telling is, people to eat McDonald's? No. Isn't Lizzo vegan? <laughs> yeah, I think she is. First oh. of all, <laughs> and that's the that's the part that gets me like so going because I'm like, so what is she supposed to do? She's supposed to be like in a room in a locked room just like munching away and like starring on my 600 pound life or like there's big people in america there's big people in the world and they have every right to be here and showcase all of themselves right and all of their authenticity absolutely and i don't think that if anyone has seen a lizzo show i don't think that she's promoting or obesity because what this woman does for an hour and a half right i couldn't I could, I can't even imagine the longevity and the, um, what's that called? The, stamina. The stamina that it yes. takes to do what she does whilst playing a flute. Like, uh, hello. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, if anything, she's, it's just because she goes that hard. She's also a vegan. However, she's in a large body. So like, my girlfriend and I talk about this all the time because we're bigger women and we're just like, wow, like we could really be out here attacking people and robbing people and <laughs> Lizzo could be really doing all this stuff. But like at the end of the day, no, the worst thing that we are is fat. So right. like, God forbid, like but that's not kids. even the worst thing. So that's like, like everyone puts like a negative condensation right. to it. It's like, who cares? Like, shut up. I just, oh my God, <laughs> shut up. Just mind your own business. Why are you worried about them? Like, worry about your own whatever you got going on. So, speaking of minding your own business, um, so the Tennessee drag ban, um, so it is, it's a little not as, not straightforward. So basically, Republican Governor Bill Lee signed a bill into law Thursday afternoon that will restrict public drag show performances in Tennessee, and it will restrict them to be banned from anywhere where a minor could see it. Um, But I also, so of the many things I find wrong with this, it's kind of actually vague, which makes it even worse, because reading it, I really was like, I don't, I don't even know what this kind of means like um like what does this like where's the line at you know with what you're doing and there's no line between like okay a drag performance a drag brunch a drag story time like because part of what it says in the um part of what it says in the bill the features performances by topless dancers go-go dancers exotic dancers strippers male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to the prudent 
interest or similar entertainers. What does that mean? Uh, girl. Uh, <laughs> well, strippers, I get. <laughs> but wait, first of all, time out. If you're taking your minor child to go see a stripper, you should have children and youth called on you. Period. Like, right. that's like. <laughs> However, it's just such a vagrant attack. Right? It's an attack. And more importantly, I'm pissed because what happens to Nashville? <laughs> right. Because in all, like, my husband and I were just down there back in October with a group of girlfriends celebrating. Can somebody her... please take me to Nashville because I have never been there. Bobby went without you. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because, like, honestly, with this whole drag ban, I'm not huge on, like, cancel culture. But what I am a huge advocate for is, like, where I choose to spend my money. Right. <laughs> my money that I earned. Right. So... <laughs> The fact that they're doing this, like, my first thought was, like, well, what about all the drag performers in Nashville? It is not uncommon or unusual for you to be walking right down Broadway Street or Broad Street. I can't remember right, right now. Broadway. Broadway Street, yes. And, like, there's drag queens on party buses, and these are, like, open buses, right? Yeah, so they're, like, like, performers and, yeah. and things that are singing or lip singing, you know, entertaining people. And so that's why I'm kind of confused, too, because it's, like, not every drag performance is midnight at a bar. Like, you know, so you have it where it is a sexual thing. You know, kids shouldn't be there. That's not all drag performances. So it kind of is, like, okay, well, so are the drag queens that are on the bus that are giving the tours in Nashville lively, like, are they, like, can they do that? Because there's going to be kids on that tour. Right? So, like, is that not okay now? It's it's just such an attack, right? So, where I go is it seems to me as a gay man, openly gay man, right, that it's just a constant attack on the LGBTQ community, right? If these politicians are truly worried about children mm. and protecting children why are they not stepping up to the plate and doing the one thing that kills more children in America and protecting them from gun violence? Right. Right? So we could... Or even just, you know, banning carcinogens that are in our food legally. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we could do to really, like, protect kids. And I I feel like it's just... It's so vague, and and so then it becomes disingenuous when people are talking about it, because then they lump everything all together into this one, like, oh, they're like strippers, you know, and that's just not fair, and I just don't understand kind of, like, what, where's the line going to be drawn with this, and, like, what's, you know, are you going to go to jail? (laughs) Are you going to get your kid taken away? Like, what's going to happen? Chelsea, what say you? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I now I'm going to have a, a, a perspective from kind of not the opposite angle, but from a different angle. But you have to hear my whole angle because number. OK, so number one, when I first heard about this, I was like, I was shell shocked because I was like, the way I read it was that there was a drag ban. I was like, how in the world? can we actually drag or ban drag shows? Like, how is this a real thing? So then I'm like, and everyone is freaking out on Instagram. So I'm like, Oh my God, what is going on? So I go and look at it and I was like, Oh, 
Bobby, like you said. So they're basically just saying the kids can't go. Okay. You, well, duh. They probably shouldn't go. But, and then that's kind of like where I was at. But the more I've read on this, I've read multiple, multiple articles. And from like, I've read articles too of P- of Republicans speaking about it. I've read articles about, um, um, drag queens speaking about, you know what I mean? So, so different mm-hmm. perspectives. Right. And yes. a couple of the things that stick out to me is it's kind of one of those obvious things. Like you said, Bobby is like, like, yeah, duh. Why would we bring a kid to a drag specific, like to a, like more sexually natured adult right. entertainment right. show. And then number two, I think, one of the line, the lines do get a little blurred because Amber, we were actually talking about this on a on a previous podcast because I was saying like I'm not taking my kid to the to risque on South Street, okay? Because it's a strip club, <laughs> and I'm also not taking my kid to the drag brunch where I went with my girlfriend to, and we were like enjoy- like I'm not doing that. But I think where it gets sticky because strippers aren't out here trying to be like, oh, let's go and do like a library reading. Right. But you do see some of the (laughs) drag queens doing like the library readings. And it's kind of like because they are trying to show that you don't need to be afraid. Like we're not doing anything. This is just us in costume and makeup. And I think it shows that it's not inherently sexual, you know, because there's a really big thing with like LGBTQ community that Mm -hmm. it's everything is sexualized and they're just deviants out here doing deviant stuff. And it's like, no, people are just living their life and you just don't like the way they're living it. (laughs) Well, and I think the Republic, I think the Republicans get confused because like I said, like the strippers are out here doing the strip thing. Nobody's trying to shut down the strip club. Right. Right. But you do have gay strip clubs and you do have straight strip clubs. You have everything in between. Nobody's really going after that. It's specifically the drag queens. And I do think it is because they like they will go do a drag brunch where they're almost stripping and they're doing like, you know, sexual dances. And then on a Monday, they'll go do a library reading to kids. (laughs) So I think that they get kind of like because But that's the duality of man, you know, that's what I'm saying though. Said I am a prostitute and I am a mother. (laughs) But I I think that's where they get because they're kind of like, okay, so why are you it's almost like they're trying to lock them, not lock them, but put them in a box. And it's like, no, wait a minute. So if you're at the brunch, do your brunch. But now what are you doing in the library? And what are you trying to teach this kid in the library and all that? So I so anyway, that's just a part of like what I was thinking about too. And then like you said, Bobby, that was actually something I didn't really think of because to me I was again, I was like, Yeah, don't take your kids. Like, why are we making this a law? Isn't this kind of like a known thing? But um and then but also too, like you said, like like but we're still feeding our kids in the cafeteria mm-hmm. red dye number four right 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 it's it's so crazy and i just want to d- talk about the library readings and like you know drag queens like reading to children where my mind instantly always goes when they try to vilify this is who's inviting the drag queens you know like right. who invited the drag <laughs> yeah queens, right? like the drag queen isn't like storming the library right yeah. right right <laughs> Drag race did not show up to Knoxville, Tennessee public school system for the hell of it. Someone right. invited her. Right. <laughs> so it's vilifying. I feel like it's vilifying and it's fear mongering. And it's, it's like, so if we're really worried about kids, then like make sure we put a law in the books where they can't go to burlesque shows mm-hmm. or strip joints or like all these things. But no, it's like, for me, it's trying to, 
just say, like, all gays are sexuals and they're, like, live this devious lifestyle. So we need to, like, ensure that we start boxing them. Right. But the thing that I think that that bothers me, too, is, like, like, the whole, the whole, the whole point of America was for people to come over here and experience freedom for things that they couldn't do in other countries, right? So at the end of the day, like, I wouldn't take my kid to maybe a drag reading at the library. Okay, great. Don't go. Like, it's not like it's in, you know what I mean? It's not like it's a force required. Attendance. Right. And that's kind of for me is like, why is the government stepping in to like, do this? Well, and I know? just, I don't like what happened to like, but like, that's the thing too. I think like on both sides, like if, if a drag queen is ho- hosting a um library, like a story time with, with the Queens, right. If they're hosting that, and somebody's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to bring my kid. Okay, great. Keep it moving. The drag queen doesn't need to be offended. And the kid's parents doesn't need to be offended. Just don't go. And right. I feel like what... But like, the issue with that is live... now, like, the police are getting called and, you know... Yeah, no, like, what happens to the live and let show? live of America? If somebody yeah. is enforcing something on your family that you don't agree with, you have every right as a parent to kind of step up and say, not my kid. But if it's right. not being enforced... Why do you care? And if you're bringing your kid to a an adult drag show, I think somebody should have a conversation with you because that's inappropriate. Just like somebody should have that same conversation with you if you're taking your kid to a strip show. But, like, yes. if you're taking your kid to a family-friendly event, at, one of my girlfriends was telling me about this, too. She's like, I – she's actually pregnant right now. And she's like, I will be taking my daughter – to pride events yeah but she said like she's like and everyone i've ever been to had kids there nothing was sexual nothing was yeah, whatever yeah. so i think and again like it's like okay great do your thing but like yeah right. if a drag queen is out stripping and there's a six-year-old that's a problem but it's, it's, it's a problem for anyone who was doing it but also who's doing that <laughs> Well, yeah, I think like, some of these bands, though, like this is we're just right now talking about Tennessee, but now there's a whole list of other states that some are going more extreme, you know, and some are going less extreme and stuff like that. And I just feel like we're going to go back to where like, you you know what, just don't be gay. <laughs> you know, well, don't be gay. Don't like we don't want to see it. And this is like a scary part, right? So for me, as as an openly gay man who's married, that's my thing fear right is Mm -hmm. that we've come so far forward but recently Mm -hmm. we're going backwards right and i don't understand what happened to the whole concept of freedom of speech right so this kind of ties in so like as americans like it's literally our constitutional right of freedom of speech and what they're doing is they're ripping the speech part from drag queens and Mm -hmm. again like chelsea said if you don't want to be there just don't be there now when it comes to like drag queens reading and like schools and stuff i am and i do believe that there should be like permission slips sent home or something you know there should be like hey we're having this like if it's a public or private school which i don't know why it'd be a private school but whatever Um, yeah i mean and i would say that most schools they do because pretty much for anything you do get a slip of paper that says, hey, we're doing this this week. Hey, we're doing that this week, you know, and things like that. But you're right. Who's inviting them? Because somebody is. Somebody's making these decisions. They're saying, hey, come here. And then it's like, just kidding. <laughs> but see, I think it goes back to that idea, too, that there's always an agenda. And I think that, like, just like you guys are saying, like, you know, for me, I kind of like initially I came from at a standpoint of like, 
okay, yeah, duh. Like, why? So, like, we're we're not banning the drag shows. We're banning the kids from coming to the drag shows. But how you guys were like, this is going to be the start of something. And I feel like there is. There, the, it just comes back to the idea that, especially with politics, and I know this is probably, like, makes me public enemy number one and a big, huge um, hypocrite because I'm on a show that does politics. But it's like there's always an agenda with politics on both sides. Just like just oh, like you course. you called you called it out. Like there's an agenda coming probably where they're coming for more than just the banning of the kids right. going to the yeah. shows. And like for the Republicans, this is absolutely an agenda where we're like, okay, we're gonna target this, but yeah, our kids are still eating literal garbage and carcinogens. Mm. But we're not gonna go for that. Like everyone has an agenda, and I think that's the thing. That's why you're seeing right. the outrage and the outcry, because people who are being affected by this feel it they sense it and like like you were saying bobby you're like okay great what's next you know what i mean right and i and i would it wouldn't surprise me if they repealed um you know gay marriage like it just unfortunately the way it is i really thought we were close with trump and i think that if we get trump again or desantis like I really think that would be something that would be on a chopping block. Did you read the um, Supreme Court's dissension of when course. they did, um, when they overturned Roe v. Wade? Yes. They listed over Ogafell versus Hodges, Loving v. Virginia, yes. mm-hmm. uh, Ferguson versus Board of Education. Like, um, and first of all, the one who was coming after oh! gay rights was Thomas Clarence. And I'm like, you are literally an Uncle Tom. Like, please stop. Please stop. And it just, and like, he benefits from, he, he um, did, right. was it love versus Virginia, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you literally benefited. You have a Caucasian wife and you're a black man. And you were, uh, he was alive. He was born. I don't know mm-hmm. how old he was, but he was definitely born during the time frame when he, it would have been illegal, illegal for him, for him to marry. Right, right. But you're mm-hmm. worried about like me and Ricky over here in Green Ridge, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Like, right. Like, no. (laughs) So I do think, I think this is, you know, this is like the pebble being thrown into the water, right? That has the ripple effects when it comes to the Tennessee drag. Because, again, going into what Chelsea said, there's always motives, right? There's always an... And they already overturned Roe v. Wade. And I think that transgender LGBTQ, I think that is what is going to be the topic for to get evangelical voters mm-hmm. to vote yep. Republican is because they're going to demonize gay people. They're, you know, it's going to go back to the Bible and it's going to become this big thing to where like, this is going to be the focus. This is how we're going to get white evangelical voters to the polls mm-hmm. because we're going to tell them that drag queens are coming to their school and are going to try to touch their kids. Like that's, you know, that's the message that's going out there and that's what they're going to focus on. So honestly, I can just see it getting worse trump spoke at cpac um and he was saying you know talking about the lgbt lgbtq agenda and stuff and you know and and banning that and different things and it's like sometimes people are just really trying to live their life and not be worried like we're trying to pay our bills bobby and i are trying to avoid potholes okay like i don't know if y'all ppl is out of their mind oh oh my gosh that's literally a whole podcast chelsea on Uh, just like our electric electricity company our like one electricity company like Uh. one like (laughs) that keeps i swear to god chelsea every every like quarter they're like we're gonna raise our rates 
Like six hundred dollars. No girl. I, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I know you're in Jersey, so we shouldn't really probably complain, right? Because you're in New Jersey, aren't you? Well, no, I'm actually in Pennsylvania, but I'm from Jersey, and yeah, oh. Jersey is. They're really, they're really just trying to really take. It oh all. yeah, their property taxes. Like, forget about it. <laughs> like, forget about. It. But yeah, so you know, PTNL is just ridiculous. Mm. And so that's what people are focused on. People are trying to go to work and take care of their kids and live their lives, whether they're gay or straight, and not really worried about what anybody else is doing, you know? I want to go back to what you said at CPAC, because it's interesting. Right before this podcast, I was watching the news and stuff like I normally do. My husband hates me. We literally have (laughs) six TVs in this house, because, like, literally all I do is just watch. I love how many TVs you guys have, because as a person who literally, it was just me and Jacqueline, I also have, like, TVs in every room it oh, is so ridiculous obnoxious. i love it so, <laughs> so anyway i was watching the news and i do watch fox news and i do watch cnn so people don't come after me on social media because i get both sides of the yeah board. you gotta get it's all about um, balance it's all about balance and um it was interesting because over the weekend obviously it was a cpac convention and there was a speaker and i didn't catch his name but he literally said how they we need to eradicate transgender people eradicate so this is exactly this is where they're going and then trump went on to speak how he banned trans people from the, mm-hmm. for serving in the military um or getting the operations i i can't you know there was no he so banned much. he kicked him out the military yeah oh there was so much during his administration so it was hard to keep up um however it's like what does eradicate mean like and i'm gonna go way way off what does that mean? Does that mean rounding them up and killing them? I don't understand what does that mean and look like. Uh, well, um, <laughs> the person who said it was the, was it Daily Wire's Michael Knowles? Did he have black hair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just like, I kind of wasn't looking at the TV. Yeah, he said, for I the good of society, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. It's a little aggressive, right? A little aggressive. I don't... What does that mean? That you... Because they even are banning, like, they're banning transgender affirming care for adults, too. For, like, grown people who want to do whatever they want to do with their own body and their own money. But they're now saying that in some places you can't do that as a grown adult. You know, you can't... And so what does eradicate mean? Yeah, and I get it, right? I get transgender can be so confusing and complex, especially if you're not, you know, in the LGBT, right. uh, LGBTQIA, a standing for ally community, but. Okay. Show me up. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is like, I, I don't know where is the empathy and compassion more so for the parents of these children, right? This isn't like an agenda. Someone's pushing on you. I could not imagine being a parent of a child who is 11, 12, 13, whatever years old saying like, hey, dad, I think I was born this instead of what they are. Right. And making that decision. Do I right. And that can't child... be that's not easy. And I think people no. think it's just happening really flippantly. Yes. And it and it's not. And so people are having these conversations with their kids. And, and one of the things I said in our last podcast about people bringing kids to drag shows was what if it's a parent of a kid who they don't know where else to take them? You know, they don't know where else to reach out because they're not a part of the community. Maybe their kid is bi, maybe their kid is trans and they're trying to like 
have them in a affirming environment or something you know like we just don't know what people's motives are and and I think that most people are just trying to be a good parent you know and you're trying to do the best for your kid and and make them happy and and have them be happy so it's like these things are hard they're hard conversations and I couldn't imagine what that's like either I remember one of my favorite Christmas movies The Family Stone Sarah Jessica Parker says she was like I just don't, I just wouldn't want it to be any harder on my kid to be a kid and then plus to add on to like be gay. And I like remember just really, that was like a punch to the gut because it's like kids already go through so much. And then on top of that, you know? Yeah. Okay, guys. So. Um, I know that Chelsea and I had told you that we were going to let you know about banned books and how to write your congressman or uh, senator. And Chelsea failed to put it on the Instagram. Or senator or, you know, representative or whoever. So the banned book list, which was just updated in February, you can look at HTTPS colon slash slash pen dot org banned hyphen books hyphen Florida. Um, and <laughs> girl, say that one more time, please. HTTPS <laughs> colon slash slash pen dot org slash band hyphen books hyphen Florida. Um, I will put it in the show notes. And then also how to write your congressman. This is a great, great website. It's www.apa.org slash advocacy. And you can go on there, and if you're scrolling down, it shows you, like, it gives you formats of letters, formats of emails. It tells you how to look up your congressman, how to look up your representative, your senator. You know, it gives you, like, all the things you need to kind of start with. Um, so www.apa.org slash advocacy. I write my congresspeople all the time. Um, so because I always have something to say. You can also send them emails and stuff like that. Um, honestly, a lot of times you do get a response. Sometimes you might get a good response, but you know, to me, you never know what is, you know, what's gonna, what's gonna happen. So with that, I want to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our interview with Bobby. Javi Coffee, your daily grind reimagined. Instantly craft any style of coffee in seconds. Get 20% off your next purchase if you use code AMBER48138. Again, the code is AMBER48138. Go to javicoffee.com. Hey, Bobby. Hi. <laughs> Okay, so thank you so much for being here with us. And I think I want to start off by asking you, what is your favorite clothing brand? <laughs> because your name sounds like a clothing brand. Oh, well, I appreciate that. However, yeah. I've been obsessed with, li- it's funny, as I'm literally sitting here in my office, I'm sitting in my this is gonna sound so narcissistic. Do you have I'm a Burberry? In, I do. I'm sitting in my Burberry shirt. So I just been like on this <laughs> Burberry kit lately. Um, so I'm obsessed with everything Burberry lately. Um, I used to love Burberry so much, and Burberry perfume, like the classic. Oh, 
Who that had a chokehold on me? <laughs> yeah, Man. I just, I'm a Burberry snob lately. Um, yeah. But I also love, like, I'm so ri- Literally, true story. My husband and I were out yesterday up at the mall, and we went into Express, right? And I was like, I haven't been in Express for men for years, right? And they wanted, like, $78 for, like, a button-down. I'm like, I'm not paying $78 for an Express button-down. Uh, right, and because wait, I can go somewhere else and get an $80 shirt that is from Burberry. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then my husband's like, do you know how much you spend on your Burberry shirts? I'm like, it's not the point. Not the point. So I'm all, I'm all over the place, right? So you, most days you'll see me just rocking something from Target. But like for work, I do have to dress up and play the part. So usually I'm rocking something a little more upscale. How do you feel? So like Chelsea and I have talked about this as far as millennial fashion with us as like women. So what do you feel like as like a millennial in that age group where you we are kind of more casual than our parents and we don't necessarily have the same like they turned 30 and all of a sudden we're wearing like their mom's suits yes you know so where do you find a balance between like being a guy and being like true to yourself you're not old but also like trying to toe the line of being like professional yeah so it's really interesting because like obviously i work for corporate america so you kind of have like this business look but like you still want to be yourself when you're dressing business so i love a good pair of jeans and so i hope my boss isn't listening to this <laughs> i travel all the time so i i don't see him and if i do see him it's from it's on uh, zoom or team so it's from like you know the chest up yeah. however i love like a good pair of jeans you know dress shoes with a button down and a blazer Right. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm killing it. <laughs> so, so there I feel like I'm still like young and hip, but also like still professional. So it's kind of towing the line. It is yeah. kind of struggle because I see like these younger kids. And I'm like, oh, like they're very fashion forward. I don't know if I could be that bold, but like in my own way, wearing the jeans, which isn't even that bold. But, like, right. The jeans button down and blazer and a pair of dress shoes is like bold. <laughs> Yeah, that just sounds. I can just already envision it. That's just, that's just such a killer outfit every time. True. Yeah, I feel like you can't go wrong with it. And and to be fair, like I work in the transportation industry, so I'm not like sitting on like you know the board of Pfizer or something. Right. You know, so I'm dealing with people that are like logistics managers and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like I'm also dressing just one level above them in a way. Right. So I want to find out, like, so you recently went out for a city council seat <laughs> here in, in the wonderful town of Scranton. I am and... on the edge of my seat. I'm, like, dying to know. Well, first I, I want to take a know... sip of water first. Take, take a good long swig. <laughs> first, I kind of want to know, like, how did you get into politics? You know, how did you kind of find that passion for, like, because I think you really do have to have a passion for it. Um, where do you think that came from? Uh, you know what's funny? I have no idea, literally, because, like, my parents, none of my siblings growing up, no, they weren't, like, activists or into politics or followed anything community-orientated. I could just remember being a kid, like, in, like, third grade and having an interest on in what was going on around, right? Not only just, like, on a local level, but, like, nationally. Like, I was literally in third grade, and I had to be home at 6.30 at night so I could watch Tom Brokaw on NBC Oh, Tom. 
Tom Bro- yes, Tom Brokaw, like, the world news. Okay. Yes, yes. that was <laughs> that was my life. Right? I love that man. Oh Him and Stone gosh. Phillips. Totally obsessed. So I always had this drive and passion. So I really got involved in 2016, where I started at the time I was living in Wilkes-Barre, I started what was called the North End Residents Association and just had like monthly meetings with, you know, the local residents and just try to, uh, you know, be community focused and driven and different um, activities we would do. So it was a natural fit when I moved up here to Scranton to immediately jump in and find out who were the movers and groovers and the people that were helping the community. Right. Um, so that's what was the initial interest. So what was then your interest in kind of like going out for city council for the city council seat? Yeah. So I currently sit on Scranton zoning board, which is amazing opportunity. I love doing that once a month. I get together with my colleagues and we hear different cases in regards to applicants and what they like, um, what they're applying and want to do with like their home or business. So I kind of was already in the world of politics, if you would like, kind of like, you know, sidelined. So I, I knew that there would be a vacancy coming up and I, I was interested in it. And then I had, you know, conversations with people and they're like, you should definitely do it. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> I, I applied. So Chelsea, just a little background. What happened is uh, there's five council members. Uh, one of the council members at the time was elected to be um, a state representative. So that created the vacancy. So you had to apply for this position and you would be interviewed by the current council members and they would vote the best candidate or applicant onto right. city council. And I would just like to say that Bobby and I both went through this and neither of us are on city council. So, mm. Oh, <laughs> Scranton. Yeah. But like mine was a little like, I have a significant reason why. <laughs> what, Bobby, pray tell. What is your why? Okay. So the why, big goal. Um, <laughs> You know what? I sit in this and I sit in my truth today comfortable with where I am and doing the work that I had to do. But years ago, I struggled with substance abuse disorder. And during that struggle, I did not make the best decisions. And unfortunately, I did get into some legal trouble. And, you know, I do have a background from um, from 2009. And unbeknownst to me and and unbeknownst to me (laughs) yeah very very like ignorantly had no idea chelsea that i couldn't even serve on the city council oh Uh, my god i i i never saw it in writing nowhere it's not it's not not. so who decided that so how it works is know. what happens is when you're when you're elected into one of those local positions, the state constitution supersedes the local laws. Because what I did was check the local right. and charter. Which is what checking, I did too. Yeah, right. not checking the state constitution. In the state constitution, it says that people convicted of like um, forgery or like theft or by deception, certain crimes, basically like defrauding the government or Mm -hmm. other infamous crimes are deemed ineligible to serve. So, yeah, (laughs) I was on the other infamous crimes category. (laughs) 
You know what? That is so hard and so tough because it's like I under—I understand. I understand because it's like okay, like government officials or you know what I mean, like like local local level politics. You still kind of want to put your best foot forward. But what about people who are killing it and like? Mm-hmm. hardcore entrenched in the community out here doing things and really able to meet the community at a different level because they have struggled with things that probably a good amount of people in Scranton have struggled with. And like, so now you can't go, even though in two, this hasn't been an issue since 2009. Right. Like, right. like we got this wrapped up, we got it figured out and we are grown and doing what we need to do. And I like really am going to get overlooked for that. That is really, really tough. And I just want to preface this, and I should have said this before, just so the the listeners could understand, because in their minds, they're probably like, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? So it was literally a criminal trespassing charge. However, in this state of Pennsylvania, a criminal trespassing charge is a felony in the third degree. So (gasps) if I have a F3 felony on my record. (laughs) So, but it's criminal trust. Girl, do you know how much, like, therapy I had to do? Because, like... Convicted felon, like yeah, girl, you sound like you're every Dahmer over here, and I'm like, okay, so it 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 is disheartening. However, it still doesn't discourage me, or it's not going to stop me from doing what I love to do. Period. That's it, right? I love local politics. I love politics nationally and statewide, but more importantly, I love being community focused and driven. So while they did blast me all over the local newspaper front page, um, it's okay. Hit piece. Total hit piece, but it's okay because at the end of the day, I have a beautiful life and I've worked so hard to get where I'm at. So if Joe Blow from, you know, 123 Main Street in a different neighborhood doesn't like me because of something I did, is that really going to affect my paycheck? No. (laughs) Is it going to affect my relationship with my husband? No. I just didn't like the way that they did it. And if they're, and you know what I mean? Because I feel like you could have been pulled aside before you even went out there. And it could have been a conversation, you know. Um, oh, 100%, Amber. But you know exactly what they were trying to do. They were oh. telling me, because I'm not born and raised here, that mm-hmm. you little boy need to get in that corner and stay in that corner. And don't mm-hmm. you dare try to enter this circle. Yeah. So right. they could play checkers all they want. Please, if you're pl- please play checkers, because I'm over here playing chess. Right. And mm. Bobby Gallon Collins will move forward. Right. And I was, I was talking to somebody and they were saying that they weren't even having people who were like applying to open council seats. And I was like, mm, I wonder why. Yeah. I yeah. wonder why. Because y'all treat people who are coming in and, and who are already working in the community, trying to better the community and treat them like crap. Like, why would anybody want to run when you're trying to actively like smear their name? You know, um, and- you're a hundred percent right. And Chelsea, here's like the thing. So like I mentioned before, you had to have the votes, right? Right. So these four council members had a vote for me and I'm not going to say who I've been told by numerous different people that allegedly did this to me, but this yeah. was a complete hit job because what, what was happening behind the scenes is, and I'm not saying this to be narcissistic, I was the best candidate out of four. I interviewed the most professionally, answered the questions depth. I literally studied for three weeks, like, and prepared, and I was the only one who literally came in with a prepared speech and everything. It was crazy. So what occurred was there was 
uh, more council members were going to vote for me, but there was certain council members that wanted someone else. So they had to muddy me up. Right. Oh. So this was in a not, the interview was on a Thursday over the weekend, someone anonymously uh, tipped off the local newspaper. And then Monday morning, I get the phone call from the paper, which girl, I was gagged because first of all, I was in the middle of a one-on-one meeting with my manager and all I could see is a Stratton Times calling me. So right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, first of all, I'm like, I'm trying to work here. It's 11 o'clock in the morning and you are trying to screw up my whole day. Can you please right. wait until like five o'clock? <laughs> right. Oh. They will call you in the middle of the day. Girl, it was, I'm not joking. It was like 11.07. And I'm like, why is so-and-so calling me? And then I was like, and then he left the voicemail. You know, I'm like the iPhone now. You could like, um, on the voicemail feature, you could like read, they'll transcribe it for yeah, you. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, girl, they got me. <laughs> yeah, and it's one thing to have, like, you can be living fully who you are and and not ashamed of it you know you learn from your past and you move on but at the same time you don't always want your whole past all over the newspaper either you know and it's like there's this line between you're not a it is what it is and it happened but also like i'd also like privacy you know (laughs) because we all do things we all have things in our past and if you're going back to 2009 that's when me and chelsea were in our prime okay Living life. But you know, I, but like, this is what the media does because of course it was probably like, I'm sh- I can literally see the smear campaign. It's like, he hid this. this Girl, it was such a wreck. It was, su- and he, it was such a wreck. Was, when in like, reality, when in reality, Bobby's like, oh, yeah, I, read I think it said ex felon. It did. It was yeah. like ex felon. They didn't put was- his name. But what see, was, and the, the reality is so much less juicy than that. Like, you literally were like, oh, I read the local laws. I didn't know the state's law superseded. Like, end of story. Why is this story. turning me into a 2000? I can't. Yeah. I wasn't. I could tell you it did. Like, in that moment, Monday, Tuesday, probably for like a few days, I was. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's embarrassing. Like, there's no doubt about the level of embarrassment that's associated with what happened. However, I have I had to just sit in my truth, right? I had to sit in my truth and realize, and thank God I have the most amazing and supporting husband because he was like, because I was like Tuesday, I was crying. Like, I was just crying all day and just like so distraught because, you know, I didn't want that to occur. Right. Yeah. If someone pulled me aside and said, Hey Bob, this is what I know or I found out I don't think you should mm-hmm. put your name in or you should withdraw, I would a hundred percent like, Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I graciously bow out. Right. Uh, and also maybe put this on the paperwork. Yes. But you <laughs> had a lot of you had a lot of people who cry I cried. You know, I like it broke my heart because I felt like it wasn't just an attack on you. I felt like it was attack on black people and like attack on gay people. You know, it was just so blatant. Just let's dig up what we can and, and smear this guy. And, and it hurt, you know, it was hurtful. Um, you know, and I felt and so bad that you're, convinced. you're such a great person. Well, I love you, Amber. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this is on recording. So I can just hit play. <laughs> play. But the thing is like, I just am so 
annoyed with our local politics because I'm like, and again, it's not, I don't care if it, if it, if it was someone else other than myself, but like, we need real representation. And if there is someone who struggled from drug abuse and has got their life together and faced that adversity and knows the challenges and could be, you know, a different viewpoint, then why shouldn't they have a seat? at the table right chelsea talks about this a lot with like we in society we have right now we expect politicians to be infallible so anytime there's any type of like discretion you know we don't really like obviously there's some stuff no but we don't give people a chance to say this was in 2009 like it's 2023 i'm older i'm wiser i'm you know i got it together and kind of be able to own that and move on because where's the line like when is it gonna be enough time has passed that you can you know that this is okay especially here in nepa because we have a drug problem so well i was yeah. literally just about to say doesn't scranton have a pretty high heroin issue going on yes. <laughs> like yes. yes. of needing representation yes. and the mess and there's a lot of the mess. And that's what the, I said to the, the newspaper. Notes. I'm like, if there's anything you're going to put in this newspaper, I was like, make sure you quote me saying that I am one of millions of Americans who have struggled right. with substance abuse disorder. And this creep put drug abuse. I'm like, can we be uh, a little more gracious with the words? <laughs> they, see, they have to they have to sell the salaciousness. Oh, I, of well, course. And Bobby, like you were saying earlier, like you feel like you know me. I feel like I know you because I, as this was all happening in real time, Amber was sharing with me because she has, she does, she has a lot of respect for you and a lot of admiration for you. So she was like hype for this. She's like, yes. Oh my gosh. I am living for this person to be voted in. Like I can't even handle it. And she just shared some of the things that you were focused on, the initiatives, all of that. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I remember when she was like, my boy got sabotaged <laughs> like, <laughs> like like for real like she's like i don't need and i was like wait what what do you mean how did that and she's like i can't even talk about it this is so crazy so that was like i'm like i need to know the full story and i cannot the all you know what bobby you love politics you are really living true politics right now okay Right, yes, right, yeah, and that's yeah. what I made. That's what I like correlated it to, and I'm like, wow, this is like on such a minute level. I could not imagine running for a high office, right? Like a president, where you are just constantly hit and hit. Like you did in 1967. I'm like, like at what point do we really move on? And I think that is really a societal question. We do expect these politicians to be perfect, but at the end of the day. They are just as human as you and myself. Right. And you need people. And I think one of the disconnects and issues we have with politicians is that they can't connect with the regular, smuggler American people. Um, yeah. You know, we need people who are diverse. We need people who have been through things. We need people who have been poor and struggling and, you know, who have been involved in the system, been in the foster care system, been in the legal system that can understand these these issues from the inside out, dealt with Section 8. You know, we need people who are like that. And instead of looking at those things like um, 
you know, bad things or disqualifiers. They should be looked at strengths. You know, we should look at the resilience of, of what people have been through and the hope that they're going to give other people who are going through it. Like, you know, in Scranton, our politicians, the ones that sit on city council, like they make way more money than everybody else here, you know? And so yeah. it's like this on this disconnect between everyday people who are living here and, and working here. Um, they just don't get it. But like you also said, it's, it's, there's this, this balance between like, okay, like we, and anybody in local or higher, le- whatever level of politics has to be completely infallible. We all know that not one of these politicians is infallible. Like we all know that, but there's this like need to, be secretive about it and hide behind it. And then when somebody finds out that somebody else is, isn't infallible, they're pointing the fingers, they're bringing, leading a march. They're like pointing, you know, like coming for this person. And it's like, at the end of the day, again, like it, it, it is, it's, it's, a, where's the line though? Right. So like, and I for, think that for, if in, in for, recently, if you're still doing the same things you were years ago, that's where there's a problem. Well, that's but what if, I'm saying. If, if you're looking at not, the charge. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're looking at somebody's life and seeing, like, they completely turned around, they're not the same. But and you know please tell me that not, not oh, every single person I know has criminally trespassed. Like, <laughs> like I don't. So, I'm like, I don't. That, so, again, like, make it make sense, though. I, I can't. However, what I can <laughs> is that, um. You know what I what I bring it back to is though like we as a society though are just as guilty of voting these people in and reading the newspapers and consuming the news right because like if we want real change we need to start voting for the people that we truly want in office and stop propping up like these puppets right. Well, see, I think that's what's hard, though, because it's, like, people who, like you, Bobby, who can, like, effectuate change don't run because of of (laughs) criminal, and then, and then the people who do run, like, Amber and I have had this conversation so many times, I was, like, like, when it was Trump and it was Biden, I was, like, this, this is our, our best, like, this is who I'm choosing between right now. Like out of three hundred eighteen million people, right? Like, <laughs> Thanks. So like people aren't running, and then they're probably scared to run because of like the little uh, crazy. What do you want to call it? Witch hunts that people have for something like I don't know, criminally trespassing. I'm sorry, I can't get over it. Um, <laughs> stop me when I start to sound bitter. Like it's just so it's you know I just I don't know I I the vilification of uh, you know what I well, how much power would politicians take back if they were able to be like you know what you're right i i that did happen in 2009 right guess what i have done since then but i feel like there is this kind of culture of like i didn't know i'm great or they're just saying that because they're crazy no they're not crazy yeah it happened in 2009 what do you want to know right like it's 2023 what do you want to know right thank you
Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to be back there? Do you want me to be criminal trespassing still? Or like, are you glad that like, I'm a tax paying citizen who's like community focused. Again, I go to our monthly community meetings. I volunteer. I sit on the zoning board, which is free. Okay. Like I do all these things. So, and that's, and I do that because I love that and I enjoy that. But at the end of the day, you're going to deter people from wanting to do these community focused um, things initiatives because of your like unwillingness to relinquish power right and we all know anyone who's relinquishing power because guess what they probably just didn't get arrested for it okay and we all know that like nobody's fooling anybody we all know that like whoever did that to you probably has a severe drinking problem themselves they just didn't get caught you know what I'm saying like it's like it's the finger it's the finger it's the finger yeah 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 well, it is, it is. It's like, if you're pointing your finger, what are the other three doing? Right. Pointing right back right. at you. And I, I would think that maybe that person does have, you know, a problem. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, whatever the case might be, a problem with whatever. But it's whatever. like, again, it's... And, yeah. and, you know, this is, this is an issue that we see big in politics but you know what i also as a as a person as just like a regular schmegular delco gal over here i think we also are looking for the balance of that even that in in our relationships and our friendships like okay this person did this can i get over it okay this person did that i can't get over or this person has this thing that's not right it's just it's such a thing that's that's everywhere And, and i am a very I have, I'm a, what do you want to call it? A spiritual person. I'm very faith-filled. And this is something that I see people do even in the church, right? Where it's like, well, you did this. So you're X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. Where I'm like, okay, do you remember who found out that Jesus was alive first? It was a prostitute. And he did that on purpose. So who are we pointing fingers at? Like, why are right. we so focused on what? Chelsea, Paul now you know they didn't read that. They didn't read that. <laughs> but that's what I, but I'm like, it's, it's, it's a bizarre thing to me where I'm like, one of the most common phrases is we're all human. We're all people. But like, when, when does that not become okay? And when does that not become acceptable? And when, like you said, Amber, I think that's what it is. It's like, can we look at an isolated incident in 2009 and like call it what it is? Like, or do we have to be like, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, if you're like a raging alcoholic and you're trying to run, I'm going to advise <laughs> against it for the stress <laughs> alone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. <laughs> I, I have so many feelings about this. That's why I'm kind of like talking in circles, but it's just, it is, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard balance. And what a story yeah. to like, what a, what a, a thing to experience and to be a part of. And I just, I hate that for you. So well, I I what do you feel like is next for you? <gasps> yes. Oh, I know. Your clothing you know line that? launching spring 2024. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, real quick, because you keep talking about, like, my name. So, my name on Instagram, for any of you that want to follow, it's Bobby underscore Trends, T-R-E-N-D-Z. And I was such a reality nerd. And, like, I don't know if you girls remember, uh, oh, my gosh, Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, the oh, Anna yeah. Nicole show. Was, was yes. Oh, God, I loved her. a gay guy on her show named Bobby Trent. So I was like, when social media came along, I was like, oh, Do along? you like my body? <laughs> God, yes. Uh, Make so, you rest in peace. So what's next is, of course, the launch of my new... No, I'm talking. 
<laughs> um, I don't know. Right now, I'm just living life, right? I, I will say on a very private level, my husband and I were foster parents last year from January. <gasps> wait, and girl, wait, time out. So I could be a foster parent to two children, but please don't. But you, you can't run for counselor. Okay, yeah, so. you can't run for counsel, but you can be, be a foster parent. Okay. So ever since um becoming foster parents and uh, the kids were um replaced in July of last year, like my ovaries have been screaming. <laughs> Those kids were so cute. Oh my god. They were god. so adorable. So we're in the very preliminary stages of trying to grow our family. Yay! So my word. I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about that chapter, but obviously equally nervous, right? right. Um so that's on a personal level. In the political world, I'm definitely going to be a door knocking campaign contribution, petition signing advocate for candidates that I truly believe in. But there is greater news and if you have me back <laughs> I could share what that political future looks like yes. um, but it's not the end so again they're playing checkers why I'm sitting over here trying to play chess not the best chess player but I just but, love that but <laughs> elevated nonetheless elevated nonetheless. nonetheless yeah so um, it, it's really <laughs> real quick if I just summarize this you know it, it, and I'm a spiritually based person I love God I know God I talk to God I know that this was, this wasn't done. It just, it's a, it's a part of my life and it's a part of my story, right? So I know for sure, wait, what is it? One thing for sure, two things for certain is God has my back, right? God hasn't forsaken me. He's walked me through this journey along with my husband and family and friends. Well, and this was just a reprieve. That's it. This reprieve. was just a reprieve. <laughs> <laughs> I let the church name. <laughs> um, I yeah. love that um that positivity there. That's just really great. Um, no, seriously, Bobby, you're such um an inspiration to me and a and a motivation for me to like keep moving and and keep pushing. Um, I love that you're going to be adopting. I would love to adopt as well. Um, it's hard as a single parent out here. Um. They don't make it easy for the 400,000 kids that are in foster care and group homes and juvenile facilities. Thank but, you know, um, so I'm so, so proud of you. And I remember first meeting you when we first, like, we both kind of first came here together yeah, like, in the yeah. same time. I know. So, and it was, like, amazing. I reached out to you, and I'm like, who is this girl? She's fabulous. I'm like, can we meet for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, okay. Yes, I know. And the rest is her story. And the, yes. and the words, wait, and the words of RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race, the rest is her story. <laughs> yes. So is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with, Bobby? And also, where can they find you? Yes. So as I said before, I'm on Instagram at Bobby underscore trends. That's T-R-E-N-D-Z. Um, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the same thing, Bobby underscore trends with the number one. And then you could find me on Facebook at Bobby Gowan Collins. 
I think really what I would like to leave the listeners with, and first of all, thank you both so much for inviting me. I literally have been like harassing Amber for months. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bobby, we thank you. To, Bobby, we were trying you. to get our schedules together, but like yes. even before I started this, I had like you and Glennis that I knew like for sure I really wanted to be on the podcast like and and Connor O'Brien um so I had like a whole list of people before I even started this and then when everything happened I was like oh I have to like yes so thank you I think what leaving the viewers with is or excuse me the viewers (laughs) the listeners with is talking about eating disorders and talking about the you know the, the drag ban is just allow people to be their authentic self. We need to start meeting people where they're at, right? And if we could just have a little compassion and empathy for one another, I really believe that we could leave this country and world in a better place. And, you know, we might not have all the answers, but be the listener, right? It doesn't Mm. cost you anything to listen to one another. Right. Mm. And it doesn't cost you anything to be kind. So Yeah, nothing. Well, with that, I have nothing to add because it was perfect. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, Bobby, for joining us. As always, thank thank you, you. Chelsea, for joining us on this episode (laughs) of (laughs) Politics What Make It Fashion. Come interview with us and we will chat soon. You can find Politics But Make It Fashion on Instagram at Politics But Make It Fashion 1 and on TikTok at Politics But Make It Fashion. Chat soon.